0: The Age of the Earth is far more controversial in the Church than Creation versus Evolution.
1: Noah's Flood is the key event to understanding the Age of the Earth today on Creation Magazine Live. This is the audio podcast version of our TV show. Both of them are produced by Creation Ministries International.
0: Welcome to Creation Magazine Live. My name is Calvin Smith. And I'm Richard Fangrad. And our topic this week is the Age of the Earth Yes. And how important it is to understand this uh, relationship between this this controversial issue, the age of the Earth, and the global flood of Noah, as recorded in in Genesis. Yeah, yeah. I interviewed one of our geologists years
1: ago, Dr. Emil Silvestru, mm. former uh, atheist evolutionist. He got his Ph.D. He's one of the, actually one of the world's leaders in the geology of caves, how caves form in limestones. And, you know, if acid carstology. rain. Karstology and, and uh, <laughs> yes. yeah, that's the technical word for it, or the, the <laughs> official word. But uh, he, he, he was an atheist, he got his PhD as an evolutionist, as right. an atheist, and uh, we did this, this interview for, for an article that's up on our website. And I asked him this question, what was the turning point in your thinking on the age of the earth? Because today he's obviously a young earth creationist. Yeah. And he said this, the geologist in me recognized very quickly that the key event in Genesis was Noah's flood, the ultimate geological event. If there really was a worldwide flood, then the vast majority of sediments and fossils that we see today could have been its outcome, and this made the idea of deep geological time—millions of years—usually associated with such sediments—irrelevant. Wow, what a turnaround! <laughs> so, so he understood the significance of, of the age of the Earth and the global
0: flood, the relationship between the two. Right. Yeah. Well. I think people might still be wondering what's the connection here between geology, millions of years, the flood, uh, all these kinds of things. But the the idea of millions of years was made popular by reinterpreting the, uh, the history in Genesis. I mean up to about 200 years ago in the Western world if you ask somebody, hey look at all those rock layers, all those dead things in there, fossils, How'd that get here? They go well. It says right here in Genesis that yeah. there was a global flood. Noah's flood. Noah's flood, and uh, you know uh, everything that wasn't on the ark, that uh, wasn't preserved, would have been you know destroyed in the, in the deluge, right? All the water would have mixed up with all the sediments, all the biomass mixed together. What would you expect to find? Well, at the end of the, this event, there would have been you know billions of dead things, right? They're their fossil remains. Found in sedimentary waterborne layers, yep. and yep. and there would have been piles of it because it was a year long event, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But that got started to get changed around you know late 1700s. People like uh, yeah. uh, James yeah. Hutton started to say, no, 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 maybe maybe you know these rock layers can be reinterpreted. What if what if Genesis isn't real? What if the Bible's not real? Is basically what he was saying. Yes. Then yeah. how would you explain all these rock layers? And so uh, of course that got picked up by people like Charles Lyell and he championed the concept of uniformitarianism. Forget the idea of a sudden, quick deposition of all this stuff. Yeah, let's, let's ditch Noah's flood and get rid of the Bible and... And get, invent a new history. Invent a new history, yeah. Right, yeah. And, and so and to do that, of course, uh, if, you, if you don't have a sudden rapid event, one that was huge, you would have to have slow, slow events that would build these things up. And actually, yeah. you know, things like radioisotope dating or, or, you know, distant starlight, none of that was thought up. Back then it was like, yeah. okay, well, volcanoes. Or, or valley erosion, or, or just the sediments themselves. These were arguments that Long Agers used to uh, basically dethrone the concept of, of a global flood. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's why Noah's Flood and the Age of the Earth is, is such an important uh, link.
1: Yeah. So if right. the flood
0: didn't cover the
1: whole world, and it didn't lay down the world's sedimentary rock, then they must, all those sediments must have been laid down over millions of years. That's right. So that's how all these things come together. On the other hand, if the flood did happen the way the Bible says it happened, then it is responsible for laying down the rock record and not the millions of years. Right. That's the relationship between these two and that's why it's such a key to understanding the the whole issue of the age of the earth. Right. Uh, The the flood is the, the crucial element in understanding this issue
0: exactly now. What does the Bible say about the nature of the flood? Yes, I mean, we're going to yep. go to Genesis seven nineteen to twenty. Uh, God's talking about the waters uh, prevailing on the earth. He says, uh, "And the water prevailed. Waters prevailed so mightily on the earth that all the high mountains under the whole heavens were covered. The waters prevailed above the mountains, covering them fifteen cubits deep." So you know this certainly seems to be talking about a global flood here not a local flood i mean it, some, it does. some yeah, yeah some people have said well yeah. well the word all doesn't have to mean all in <laughs> all circumstances well that, that's true. You can look in, in you know, the word all in some of the New Testament passages, but yeah. in context yeah. it clearly means you know, when it says you know, all the whole world. Well, it's talking about the Roman world. You've got to think of it in context, right? Okay. But, but yeah. not only when we look at this verse does it say all the high mountains were covered, but it says all the mo- high mountains under the entire heavens. Were covered to a depth of more than 20 feet. All inclusive type of statements. Well, well, yeah, you're you're doubling it up. You're saying it twice for emphasis, so to speak.
1: And then, if, uh, like, there's there's Christians that have bought into the notion of millions of years because it's a very popular notion. Right. And they're then forced to say that Noah's flood was a local event, that it wasn't global. Right. If you you have millions of years or you have a global flood to explain the sedimentary layers, you can't have both. And they recognize that, they've bought into the millions of years. But if, if the flood was local, why build an ark? I mean, <laughs> you got over 100 years to build this thing. You got over 100 years to move. Exactly. You know, it, God told Abraham to move, but you right. know, and, and there, why not just move? Right. Why, that, that's the easy thing to do. Yeah, exactly.
0: Just, if it's um, a local flood. And, and why build this, this boat so big that it's capable of taking two of every seven of some land dwelling, air breathing animals on board? Because again, not only could could you just move, but you're assuming that if this is a local flood, that even the creatures that are here are represented by similar creatures outside of the flood area. Right. Yeah. So, what do you need to take them on board for anyway? For a year, you're going to you know float around on this 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 barge with a bunch of animals. Meanwhile, there's other animals of the same type already living outside of the flood area. So the ark had the capacity to take representatives of all the
1: kinds that were there originally to get the millions of species we have today. It, it had the capacity to exactly. do that. Why would, you be able to do, why would you have to do that if it was a local flood? Why take birds? <laughs> exactly. Noah was commanded to take birds. I mean, if it's a local flood, birds get up and fly away if it's a local flood.
0: That's right. I mean, some birds can, you know, migrate for thousands of kilometers. D- yes. So obviously, yeah. you know, they can go around the world. They, they don't need to, to do that. How about the, the Rainbow Covenant? Yeah, you know, God said at the end of the flood that He would, uh, he, you know, he's, he's there's a rainbow that appears, and He says, "Never again will I." That's a sign that never again will I send a, a, a flood to destroy the whole earth. Well, if you're going to say that that was a local flood, well, there's God, been God would have lied. Yeah, because yeah. there's
1: been tons of local floods of since then. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. So the main purpose of the flood was as a judgment on sin, of course. Right. And a local flood theory implies that the North American Aboriginals, the uh, Natives of Africa, the Scandinavians, the Chinese, etc. weren't judged, weren't affected by the flood. They escaped God's judgment on sin.
0: Right. Those that were outside the area of wherever this local flood was,
1: they wouldn't have got judged. They wouldn't have got judged. Uh, If if so, what could Christ possibly have meant when He likened the coming judgment of all people To the judgment of all people at the time of Noah. Right. Because it's going to be a
0: global judgment.
1: Yes. Again. Scripture falls apart if the flood wasn't global.
0: Yeah. And what about the duration of the flood? Everyone seems to know about the the 40 days and 40 nights of rain, right? And all that kind of stuff. But uh, there was also 150 days, that's that's five months, that the water covered the earth and then after that began retreating, right? We've got two and a half months after that that the tops of the mountains became visible. So that's like seven and a half months now. Right? And and, and they're on the ark for a total of 371 days. I mean, it it just screams global flood. It it does. I mean that
1: doesn't sound, how can a local flood last that long? And you have all those other just logical inconsistencies, things that things that don't work. The text of Scripture and all of the other things that are there, just logically, it was a global flood. And a global flood would have laid down those sediments. Without an understanding of what a global flood would do to the earth, you'll never fully understand how science supports biblical creation. It really
0: is that critical. It is. I mean, the flood enables us to properly understand things like uh, canyon systems, like the Grand Canyon, for example, which is commonly used to promote millions of years. Uh, Mountains, extensive layers of uh, basalt and sedimentary rock, and the the fossil record. Um, Most evolutionists convinced that the fossil record proves evolution have never seriously considered the question, what would a global flood do? Yeah, I mean, if you just erase that and you don't think about it, then of course you're never <laughs> going to recognize that what we see reflects what the flood did, because it right. even, doesn't even enter into your mind. And, and many Christians haven't thought of it, haven't really asked that question either. <laughs> That's <So>. true. <laughs> uh, for example, a commenter on uh, one of our previous shows said this: "The fossil column. There's something that we." Uh, There is something that we can observe now that proves evolution. It is the sequence of fossils. The fossil column is basically simple progressing to complex. It starts with just microbes on the very bottom layers, then shellfish and worms etc near the bottom layers. And going up the strata we get the first invertebrates and then land invertebrates and the first vertebrates. Then going higher we get the first land vertebrates and then the first mammals. Then more advanced mammals and near the top we get apes and us. Combined fossil sites all over the world show this sequence. If evolution isn't true what else could make it like that? How could your flood do that? There's evidence for evolution we can see now. It's the fossil sequence in the strata. Total proof of evolution and debunks creationism. The flood can't make a perfect family tree sequence like that just by chance. No way. That's the perception right. most people have, right? That's what they were taught in school. You got this neat order uh, progressing from simple to complex and yes. you know a flood would would just mix things up.
1: Yeah. Well, to, to respond to that, moving water has a tremendous ability to sort things by size, by shape, and by buoyancy. You can sort out the different grains and, uh, of, of sediment and so on right, to example. sort into yeah. different layers. And anything else that the floodwaters would sweep along, it's basically everything on the, on the surface of the earth. Yeah. So what would a global flood do? Well, the first things buried, we would expect, if you ask that question, what would a yeah. global flood do? The first things that would be buried would be things at the bottom of the ocean. Right. Right. They're already there. Ocean-bottom-dwelling creek. And then it, would, then it would go up, the fish, and then amphibians, and then reptiles living near the, near the, the wetlands and so on, and, and the, the lowlands, and then you'd go up to, to mammals eventually last. We would expect a general pattern to the fossil record. That would be expected if there was a global flood. But we would not expect a neat ordered sequence that so many people perceive the fossil record
0: as. Right. But that's I mean, what we'd expect from a flood is exactly what scientists find. And for yes. more detail, you can go to creation.com, fossils, wrong place, um, to, to learn about that. By the way, 95% of the, of the fossils we find are marine invertebrates, right? right. Clams. Yeah. Basically, it's clams from, from bottom to top. There.
1: Yeah, there's this <laughs> perception that the fossil record is all, you know, fish and dinosaurs and, and, and that kind of thing. Right. Now, now, note that most of the animals living before the flood would have just vanished. Right. There's this perception that, well, all of those animals were would have preserved, preserved as fossils. Right. No, the fossilization requires rapid burial and then other factors as well. Most of the animals would have just decomposed, right. they would have just died. What is remarkable is the global evidence for rapid burial. That's what's remarkable. Yeah. Um, That soft tissue is preserved. That's remarkable. In those cases, the organism must have been
0: buried extremely quickly before that soft tissue had a chance to decompose. That's right. Look at these pictures. Here's some interesting fossils. Uh, A fossil octopus and a fossil jellyfish. You can see the artist's reconstruction there, too. How could these creatures have been preserved given the evolutionist slow and gradual scenario? Right?
1: Yeah. It doesn't. The, the, that soft tissue obviously would have decomposed, and you wouldn't ha- you wouldn't see those fossils. You wouldn't be
0: making those observations right. if it was laid down over millions of years. I mean, near where I live in Guelph, Ontario, uh, down near the Niagara Escarpment, a place called Dundas. Yeah. Went down yeah. there one time. You can go fossil hunting. I'm looking at 100 meters of the Niagara Escarpment exposed. Right. And I come across this plaque, and it's a, you know, an evolutionary interpretation of, of these course, strata. course. Of course. And yep. it said that that 100 meters got laid down in 50 million years. So I thought, okay, well, let's do the calculation. Do H- the math. How yeah. long would it take to lay down a centimeter of rock, according to their calculations? Well, the, the, the calculation is 5,000 years. It's going to take 5,000 years to make that much rock, if you go with the slow, steady deposition. Uniformitarianism. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. so if you've got a jellyfish laying there, jellyfish even dead has got to be at least a centimeter thick. You think it's going to sit there for 5,000 years? Yeah. You know, so... Uh, Obviously, it just doesn 't work by what we 're observing right? The right. observations immediately say no that, that, that uniformitarian slow processes that uh, you know Lyle proposed it just doesn 't work
1: yeah, yeah, observations like these, like soft tissue preservation and so on it, it just screams against the need for millions of years and for a global flood there 's powerful evidence there in what scientists are finding. We simply cannot explain the world around us by observing deposition and erosion rates today and pretending that they have always been the same. Exactly. That's not going to explain what, what scientists are seeing.
0: I mean, we've shown this before, but here's you know, some more problems. Here, here's some pictures of tree-like plants extending through multiple layers. Yeah. Polystrate fossils. Yeah. Again, you're not going to get a dead tree or plant standing upright as the rate of sedimentation comes in at you know, 5,000 years per centimeter. Right. So huge problems for the evolutionary story. Great support for the flood. Yeah, without a global flood that
1: accelerated geologic processes, the things we see today like huge amounts of sedimentation, mountain building, massive erosion, continental drift, etc, etc, probably would take millions of years. Those features probably would take millions of years at today's rates to form. But a flood can accomplish those things very quickly. For example, plate tectonics. We did a, a show on this a couple of years ago, actually, if you want to have a look at that, it's creation.com slash CML 2-07, back in Season 2. There's a lot of evidence that the continents have moved. Right. They've moved apart. There's the fit of the continents, and, and, and there's many other lines of evidence that indicate that. But if you just use the rates we see happening today, like the the amount that the Atlantic Ocean is opening up and so right. on, it would take millions of years, mm-hmm. but a flood can accomplish those things very, very quickly, and that's what that show is on. If you've got questions about that, have a look at that show.
0: Yeah, actually, there's there's some big problems with the slow and gradual version of plate tectonics uh, anyway. Yes. Uh, yeah. The show we did on this uh, follows the research done by the world's leading plate tectonic modeller, geophysicist Dr. John Bobinger, and his model, which has been duplicated by other researchers, uh, verifies that plate tectonics can happen rapidly, not slowly. Right. Right. So based on the best science
1: we have today, rapid plate tectonics was a part of the flood, right? Opening up the continents and explaining those observations. So then it didn't take millions of years. Obviously. <laughs> right. <laughs> By the way, this model suggests not only lateral movement of the plates but also vertical movement. One of the questions of you know, where'd the water come from for a global flood? Well, all you need to do is raise the ocean bottoms a little bit, and presto, you've got a global flood. Exactly. Plenty enou- pl- there's plenty enough water in the
0: oceans today for a global flood. Another thing that people think takes millions of years is, is uh, the erosion of mountains, yes. right? For example, yep. the Appalachians are supposedly older than the Rockies because erosion takes, uh, takes a long time, and the Appalachians are more eroded than the Rockies. Right. Um, actually, all you can really say is that they're more they're eroded. More eroded. <laughs> right? are the, the millions of years doesn't just fall out of that. At the end of the flood, there, there would be a period of massive erosion, right? As, as yes. a con- um, yep. On the continents, when water flows uh, you know, into the deepening ocean basins, of water, the earth rising up like that. So uh, the Appalachian area had more erosion. Okay, time, time isn't required, right? It, it doesn't uh, mean millions a, of years. No, a global yeah. flood explains massive erosion. Yeah. Many challenges to biblical geology, or flood geology, let's say,
1: uh, have been answered in this article here. you you want to check this out. Geology and a Young Earth. Creation.com slash g o l y e. Well you can see it there on the screen. But uh, Finely layered strata is often touted as taking a long time to deposit. One fine layer a year. right? And that's taught to school children. It's in the textbooks and so on. There's a great article on creation.com called Sedimentation Experiments. Nature finally catches up. Yeah, Nature Magazine. Nature magazine. And this is where researchers who published in Nature, and that nature is probably the world's leading science magazine, um, that duplicated 10-year-old research, creationist research, it was 10 years old at the time, on sedimentation. The result? When moving water is, it, when water is moving along, different grain sizes of sediment will settle out in distinct layers. Exactly yeah, what you earlier. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if you want to have a look at that, some amazing research there. Creation.com/sednature. So fine layering. Is explained by a global
0: flood as well. Living fossils, that's another evidence against millions of years. And right. we did a show on this just a couple of weeks ago. And you can see that at creation.com, uh, CML4 uh, dash 05. Yeah. Um, 432 mammal species found in dinosaur aged rock, right? Uh, so there wasn't an age of dinosaurs. When we look at what was actually buried together, Again, it supports the concept of a global flood. They're all buried at the same time. Uh, They all lived at the same time. And many of the fossils look identical to the animals that that are living today. So what does that mean? No evolution, right? So, again, a global flood is a superior explanation for what scientists are finding in the rocks.
1: Yeah, Uh, another one, flood stories there's another powerful evidence for a global flood is the stories from cultures around the world that are similar to the genesis account many of the details are similar between the accounts you can see a chart here comparing the different flood stories and see the similarities between all of them skeptics are sure that the gilgamesh epic is the original and moses copied the flood account here's just one thing just one little thing to make a distinction the gilgamesh ark in in the gilgamesh epic is a nine-story cube uh, naval engineers. Uh, anyways, for more information, go to creation.com slash Gilgamesh to see the original account there and compare the two.
0: You know, we've got a ton of resources at creation.com. You can go to our, our web store there. And we'd like to uh, encourage you to check out this called Biblical Geology Properly Understanding the Rocks by uh, Taz Walker, PhD in Geology from yeah. our Australian office. And uh, you can either get a DVD or you can get a digital download of this, Dr. Walker's Biblical Geology, and it really help you to understand uh, what we've been talking about yeah. here. Now, uh, we're going to go to some feedback. I'll often get feedback from people, either because yes. of our videos or some of our articles, etc. And uh, this, this one's called Black Sea Flood Mistake. And this is a fellow from Ontario, Canada. And uh, actually, Dr. Walker uh, responds to him. But I'll, I'll read his, uh, his initial comments here. Uh, why could not this Black Sea Flood been a part of the biblical global flood? The scientists may be saying otherwise, but I see this as evidence that there was a biblical global flood and this little area is just one part that is affected. To dismiss that aspect by you, I think, is wrong. Hopefully other sites will be found around the globe and that in turn will give more proof of the biblical account. Thank you.
1: That's the account, so the Black Sea yep. if, if you, in case you haven't heard of this, there was it was in the news years ago. This is yep. very old feedback from uh, from before from in the '90s yep. and um, uh, this, this there was some layers of sedimentary rock there, and some geologists thought, hey, this is the flood of noah this right. is the the itty bitty little flood that was found <laughs> you know in the Black Sea area and so on yep. um, but the it, it's kind of like you can't see the forest for the trees. Right. All of the sedimentary rock in that area is from, we, we would say, or maybe not all of it, but the great majority yeah, of it, the vast majority, yeah. is from the flood. There's, there's, it, all
0: around the world, the flood was a global flood, as we've just spent the last half hour talking about. Yeah. And it's not just that one area that has sedimentary layers, it's the planet. Everything we see everywhere you go you find fossils in sedimentary layers. Yeah. Yeah, everywhere
1: I mean and it's and it's deposited there's different thicknesses, right? Like we're we're here in uh, kind of southern Ontario in Canada recording these shows and there's there's a couple hundred feet of sedimentary rock beneath our the, the studio here and then if we go further north you get to the Canadian Shield where the sedimentary rock goes to zero. Yep. You're right on the and we would understand that to be the day 3 created rocks. Like that those that's the okay. foundation you know, the foundational rocks that God would create on day three. But there's no flood-deposited flood rocks there. Right. You go to the Middle East, on the other hand, and there's not just feet, but miles of flood-deposited sedimentary rocks containing oil.
0: Right. You know, and, and, and all kinds of other stuff there. So the, So basically what's happening with Christians is they... You know, the, the flood of Noah always tries to get naturalized, just like everything else in the Bible by, yeah. by many yeah, people, that's right? Yeah, part of it. Because when, when people hear flood stories, cultures all over the world having flood stories, they have to explain it somehow. Well, okay, well, there was this event that happened and, 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 and stuff, but it couldn't have been the biblical event. So we're just going to say this is how that biblical story got kicked, uh, started. It was just a little right. one. And then what happens is sometimes Christians are watching, you know, TV shows or, or whatever, and they go, Oh, okay, and they buy into that as evidence that the Bible's true somehow. But the whole point of the show was to show you how the Bible wasn't true. So why, why should Christians buy into these naturalistic explanations? Right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Again, it's kind of like you can't see the forest for the trees. Yes, that was part of the global flood, and so is everything else. Right. But um, there's so much more information. This, this show is called Creation Magazine Live. We want to give you a free sample copy, a digital copy of Creation Magazine. Go to creation.com slash freemag, creation.com slash freemag, and you can get a sample of Creation Magazine on which this show is based. Right. So come on back next week, same time, same channel. You've been listening to the podcast version of Creation Magazine Live, produced by Creation Ministries International. With offices internationally and more scientists on staff than any Christian ministry, you can find loads of faith-supporting articles on our massive website, creation.com. Check it out.